Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why isn't my body working? Nature's deadliest organisms. I couldn't imagine my life without him. They can hijack our bodies. This virus is deadly. Disable our immune systems. Don't let my husband die. And eat us from within. It was just a face of evil. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Philip and Candace Watson are a married couple living in the picturesque city of Visalia, California. They've been together for 10 years and have their hands full with three children. My oldest son is Philip. He loves sports. He reminds me a lot of myself when I was younger. My youngest is my daughter, Nevaeh. She's very girly since she's the only girl. Caden's my second oldest. He, uh, you know, is really wild. And more than anything else, Caden loves the outdoors. Caden loves playing with his trucks outside and digging up dirt, just getting as messy as possible. We call him our little dirt ball. But young Caden's favorite pastime is about to kick up more than a little dust. It's mid-January, and Caden has just returned from school when Candace notices something unusual. Caden put his backpack by the door, and he went and he laid down. Something was strange because that never happens. Caden normally would go outside. I was thinking, okay, maybe he's coming down with the cold, but I wasn't thinking anything serious, so I let him sleep. A few hours later, Candace and Philip check up on their son. They notice that he is running a slight fever, but that's not all. I noticed that he had a little bit of a cough. <coughs> you could tell that it was kind of hurting his chest. Kind of put my ear up to his chest. I could hear his cough was just dry and like rattling. It was a horrible cough. 
but I wasn't that worried. It is wintertime. People are getting cold. So Philip and Candace give Caden some cough medicine to help him get back to sleep. But the next day, the fever and the cough are still there. My whole thing was, let's give it some time to work. Let's see if it's going to suppress his cough. Let's see if he's going to get better. I was not agreeing. Deep down, I felt something was going on with Caden that I couldn't put my finger on. I wanted to take him to the doctor because that's what I do. I always want to make sure my kids are good. But Philip put my mind at ease, like everything's going to be okay. I was very hopeful that he was going to get better by using over-the-counter medicine. Candace and Philip agree to keep Caden on the medication. And to their delight, his condition starts to improve. He had been feeling a little bit better, so I took him with me to the grocery store. And we were going down the meat aisle, and Caden just vomits all over the ground. It was everywhere. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I stopped shopping, and I immediately took him home. The next day, Candace takes Caden to the doctor. There, he gets a full exam. The doctor checked him out, and he checked his breathing. He checked to see if he had a fever, and he said that it seems like it's the flu. I wasn't worried because I know it takes a while for it to get out of your system. So he gave me some medication for it, and I brought him home. Back at the house, Candace gives Caden the flu medication. But when he doesn't rebound, Candace's motherly instincts tell her something else is going on. The doctor had prescribed medication that did not work, and I was ready for him to feel better. So I took him in to see a new doctor, and I explained to him, Caden's been vomiting, he's been coughing, he has a fever. The doctor listened to his breathing. He said all the symptoms point to pneumonia. Pneumonia is a disease that causes the air sacs in the lungs to fill with fluid. This can lead to coughing, fever, and difficulty breathing. It is most often caused by either a viral or bacterial infection. I was bummed, but I was like, okay, this, this has to be it. The doctor gave me some antibiotics. I was just ready for him to get medicated in the right way. For two days, Candace gives Caden the medication, but her son's symptoms only worsen. Then, in the middle of the night, Candace and Philip are woken by a strange sound. I could hear him wheezing from my bedroom. You can hear it from far distance. I mean, you could be three rooms away and you can hear that little hee. I was thinking, something has to give. I was worried, and so I bring him into the room with us. I think that once Philip seen Caden like that, he realized, too, that something else was going on with our son. Candace and Philip rush Caden to the hospital. We get into the emergency room, and the doctor looks at his neck and is like, what's that on his neck? It's a large lump. I had never seen it before. It was huge. Well, I went and tested it, and it was hard. You know, it was hard like a rock. I was really scared at that point. Doctors perform an ultrasound on the lump on Caden's neck, and the results are stunning. The big golf ball size swelling on his neck was a lymph node. Lymph nodes are part of the immune system. 
They are located at various points in the body, including the neck. When they swell, it's often a sign that the body is fighting an infection. They were concerned that it could spread to other places of his body. I felt worried for our family, but we just put on a brave face for him and kept our emotions together for him. With the situation worsening, a team of specialists takes on Caden's case. They administered a blood test and uh, sent it off to the labs. I felt that we're finally going to get some results, whether we like them or not. Once the blood results are in, the doctor delivers the devastating news. The doctor told me and Candace that what Caden has is known as valley fever. I had never heard of valley fever before. Valley fever is an infection caused by a fungus called Coccidioides imitus. Inside Caden's body, the fungus attaches itself to the air sacs in his lungs, where they feed and grow, causing his wheezing, pneumonia, and vomiting. From there, the Coccidioides fungus moves into his bloodstream and spreads throughout his body, leading to Caden's swollen lymph nodes. We were like stunned, you know, stunned that all this is going on to our little boy. I just had to keep praying. That's all I could do. If the Coccidioides imitus fungus goes untreated and infects the brain, it is almost always fatal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
six-year-old Caden Watson has just been diagnosed with the fungal disease Valley Fever. In rare instances, if the fungus spreads across the body and into the brain, it can be highly lethal. Because Caden's infection is spreading fast, doctors put him on a powerful antifungal medication. The doctor said that may have to give Caden more than we usually give normal children. I was worried. For a month, doctors keep Caden on the antifungal drugs. Then, things take a drastic turn for the worse. Suddenly, he is unable to breathe. The infection was compromising his airway. It was smaller than a straw. To stop Caden from suffocating, doctors put a mask over his face and pump helium and oxygen directly into his lungs. The doctor basically told us that your son could die. I broke down. I could not contain myself. I was probably at my lowest point, and I just started crying. You know, I hadn't cried in years. I was scared for his life. I felt that we could lose Caden. For three more weeks, Caden fights for his life as doctors work around the clock to keep him alive. This disease just really is an up and down battle. He's having an appetite one day, and then the other day he doesn't have an appetite. I just refused to believe that my son would leave this earth. Then one morning, Philip notices something incredible. We started seeing signs of Caden um, starting to turn around. You could see it in his face. His glow was back. It was just great. The doctors, they were in awe of the fact that Caden had improved the way he did. They would see Caden and they would say, oh my God, he's a miracle. Against incredible odds, Caden Watson overcomes the horrific valley fever infection. I was so excited to be home and sleep in my own bed. Caden came home and we are so happy. We're overjoyed. But how did Caden contract valley fever? The coccidioides fungus typically lives in soil. But if the soil in which the fungus grows is disturbed, the fungus can become airborne and be carried for hundreds of miles. If a person inhales the fungal spores, then they can become infected. Philip and Candace realized just how this happened. We called him a dirt ball because we didn't know any other kid that really played in the dirt that much. Being an innocent kid outside playing, and you know, no one's exempt. Some spores just lifted up and he inhaled it. After a total of six months of rehabilitation and treatment, Caden Watson is finally free of the fungus. Today, Caden is back to his happy, energetic self. Caden is 100% himself now. He goes out there, runs rips, gets in the sun, stays out there for a while, doesn't show any signs of valley fever. But there's one new house rule. Caden is not allowed to play in the dirt anymore. But after what we've gone through, I know that our family can get through anything. The coccidioides imitus fungus is commonly found in southern Arizona, New Mexico, and California. 
but recent research suggests it's spreading further north. And it's even been found as far north as Washington state. The best way to avoid contracting valley fever is to avoid dust storms and dusty areas when in regions where the fungus is endemic. Devin and Jill Lenz live in Decatur, Georgia, a quiet suburb outside of Atlanta. Devin is a freelance writer and Jill is a graphic designer. After six years of marriage, the couple has a two-year-old son named Elijah and another child on the way. I knew early on in my relationship with Jill that she would make an awesome wife and an even better mother. And I was excited to be a dad because I could relate to being a, a kid because I still am at heart. It was a delight to see Devin with his son and he just loved to pick him up and run, run through the yard and throw him up in the air. But this blossoming family is about to fall apart. It's midsummer and Devin is meeting a friend at a local cafe. About a half an hour into our meeting, I, I just felt like my lower back was stiff. It was just a, a dull aching sensation. It didn't sound any alarms or anything like that. I attributed what I was feeling in my lower back to having moved a big heavy piece of furniture earlier that day. Devin wraps up his meeting and heads home and goes straight to bed. Later that evening, Devin wakes up and realizes that he has slept through the entire day. The backache was still there, but now I was starting to feel kind of ill all over. I just felt weird. It's the only way I can put it. Devin gets up and lets Jill know he isn't feeling well. I was just enjoying a little lazy television watching on a Saturday night. But as Devin begins talking to her, he experiences yet another strange symptom. I noticed for the first time that my legs felt really unstable. They were almost vibrating, like there was an electrical current running through them. I thought it was weird and unusual, but I didn't want to make too much of it either. She didn't even look up from what she was doing. I didn't think anything of it. It didn't really register. Then he went on back to bed. But a few hours later, Devin wakes up needing to use the bathroom. I tried to sit up and I couldn't sit up in bed. My legs weren't moving. I couldn't move them. I was just puzzled. Why isn't my body working? With his mind racing, he jumps to an alarming conclusion. Maybe I was developing multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is a debilitating disease in which the body's immune system eats away at the nerves. It can cause tingling, fatigue, and even paralysis. Jill! Jill! Jill, however, has a very different explanation. Men can be real babies sometimes. And I said, are you kidding me? And, you know, I had my own fatigue and discomfort being pregnant and working full time. But of course, I check it out. They were completely limp. Two hours ago, he was walking. Now, he can't move his legs. It was really, really frightening. Jill calls 911 and an ambulance rushes Devin to the local hospital. They were equally alarmed. They hooked me up to an IV, started giving me fluids, and took blood 
to start running some general tests, I was afraid that it was going to get worse. Devin remains in the ICU until the next morning when the test results come in. The doctors didn't have much information for me the following morning. The test results were inconclusive. I wanted a doctor to go, here's what it is, and fix it. And none of that was, was happening. Unsure what is causing his symptoms, doctors transfer Devin to a larger facility where neurologist Dr. Jane Gilmore takes on his case. Immediately, Dr. Gilmore orders an MRI on his brain. But carrying out the procedure proves to be more difficult than expected. When I got Devin in the machine, he was shaking all over. He was completely out of control. It was clear how serious it was by this point. Devin had to stop shaking before we could do the MRI. We needed to sedate him. It was really an emergency. Once Devin is sedated, Dr. Gilmore is able to run the MRI scan. The following morning, the results come back. Devin's MRI showed that he had encephalomyelitis. Encephalomyelitis is an inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. It can lead to brain damage, stroke, or even death. But what is causing Devin's brain to swell is still a mystery. So Dr. Gilmore must order another set of tests. I knew Devin needed a spinal tap. A spinal tap is a notoriously painful procedure. They began to administer the spinal tap. I thought I was a guy with a pretty high threshold of pain, but uh, I won't lie, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. His face was twisted in pain. I was trying not to cry. It was hard on him and it was hard for me to watch. Dr. Gilmore sends the spinal fluid off to the lab, but the results will take a week. Meanwhile, Devin recuperates in the ICU. I knew something was attacking his nervous system, and we didn't know if we could stop it. Without a clear diagnosis, Dr. Gilmore's options are limited. All we could do at this point was monitor his vitals and give him good supportive care. But time was running out. Dr. Gilmore notices Devin's oxygen levels are depleted. But when she tries to apply a mask, his reaction is unusual. He was so disoriented that he couldn't stop grabbing his mask. I was agitated, so they would administer more medication to calm me, and that's when it gets really foggy. We actually had to tie his hands down so he wouldn't take the mask off. He let out the biggest wail I've ever seen coming out of a human being. It sounded like an animal being captured. I told him, I don't let my husband die. To keep Devin alive, Dr. Gilmore must resort to extreme measures. He needed something to help drive the air in and out of his lungs. So we had to make Devin totally unconscious to put the breathing tube in. I worried I'd never look into his eyes, worried he'd never come back. With Devin in a coma, the diagnostic tests finally come in. The spinal tap results revealed that he had West Nile virus. It was shocking. 
my husband was gone. I didn't know how this situation would play out. Inside Devon's body, the West Nile virus hijacks the cells in his brain and spinal cord. Once inside the cells, the virus replicates, spreading millions of copies of itself throughout Devon's central nervous system. As the virus kills more and more cells, it causes fatigue, brain inflammation, and ultimately his paralysis. In extreme cases, West Nile virus is fatal. This was the worst case of West Nile virus that I had seen. It was causing his nervous system not to function properly. I was worried that the virus could keep progressing and severely damage his brain. I knew about West Nile virus from the news, but the cases that I'd heard about were nothing as severe as this. I worried my kids would never have a father. I worried that my son wouldn't remember him and that the baby inside me would never, ever see him. West Nile virus can be difficult to diagnose because its symptoms resemble those of so many other illnesses. Since 1999, nearly 20,000 people in the U.S. have had symptomatic infections with the virus, and as many as 286 people die each year from the disease. And there's a reason why the virus is so deadly. Unfortunately, there is no cure for West Nile virus. Doctors are concerned that unless Devon's immune system can eradicate the virus, he could suffer permanent neurological damage. I was really terrified that I needed to keep it together because I had a little boy that would need me more than ever, and we have another little boy on the way. For the next four days, Devon remains in critical condition. I just held his hand and I looked into his face and I tried to give him strength in whatever way I could. But the next morning, she sees a glimmer of hope. Devin finally opened his eyes. I was so happy just to see his eyes. He couldn't talk back to me, but I, I could see that he could see me. Against unthinkable odds, Devin Lenz survives his horrific ordeal with the West Nile virus. I woke up and all I could see was her face and it sounded like her voice was really distant even though she was right next to me. But I was just happy to see her face. But how did Devin contract the West Nile virus? The West Nile virus typically cycles between birds and mosquitoes. But infected mosquitoes can also transmit the virus to humans. In rare instances, if the virus crosses into the brain, it can be fatal. And Devin thinks he knows when he was bitten. It was summer, and I would go outside, work on the shed. I was always pretty diligent about putting bug spray on my arms, but for some reason, I always forgot my feet. I would always get bitten on my feet. Devin spends numerous weeks in rehabilitation before he finally can return home. Today, Devin is leading a full life with Jill and Elijah and their youngest son, Oliver. But the West Nile virus has made a significant impact on his body. Today, I am paralyzed from the waist down. I can move my legs to some extent. They're just not strong enough to support me on their own. It took a lot of adjustment, and we 
had to learn as we went along raising two kids with a dad in a wheelchair. But I'm very proud of him. My youngest sits on my lap and rolls around with me. And we go to the park, throw the Frisbee. We do everything that regular dads do. I'm glad that I'm still here for them. Since it first appeared in New York in 1999, the West Nile virus has been reported in all 48 states of the continental U.S. While there's no cure for the disease, the CDC recommends taking preventative measures, such as using insect repellent containing DEET to protect against mosquito bites. Rich and Kelly Waldmanis met in college and have been together ever since. I had uh, taken a job at the, at the school newspaper as a sports reporter, and, and Kelly uh, joined on as a, a sports photographer. The moment I saw her, I was in love with her. I was pretty sure she was the one. I got so nervous when I saw him. He was so handsome. <laughs> and we just really hit it off. It was pretty wonderful. Now they are married and have two twin boys, Dylan and Laird. We have a lot of fun together. They're just wonderful little gifts from heaven. Rich works as an international journalist, and the family divides their time between their home base in Scarborough, Maine, and living abroad for Rich's foreign assignments. There was always some kind of crisis happening in, in West Africa. There's, a, you know, either a coup or a war or a rebellion. I did a lot of sort of conflict-type reporting in places that, that were just generally troubled. I was so proud of him for covering these stories that the world needed to know more about. But Rich is about to find himself at the center of his own dramatic conflict. It's spring. Rich, Kelly, and the kids have just returned from a year-long assignment in Africa and are ready for their vacation in Maine. It had been a very sort of hectic previous six months, lots of big stories, lots of traveling. But a few days into his vacation, Rich finds that he can't completely unwind. I had this belly pain, very mild sort of pressure in my belly. Uh, it wasn't very severe, but it was lingering. I thought perhaps I had just lifted something and I had, you know, I'd strained a muscle in my belly, but I didn't make a big deal of it. Rich assumes the pain will disappear with a little rest. But later that night, something unusual wakes Kelly up. There was a pretty bad smell in the room. Almost a rotten, toxic smell. And it's coming from a surprising place. I had never known Richard to have night sweats, but where Rich was sleeping, it almost seemed like a bucket of water had been dropped on the bed. She immediately wakes up Rich. Kelly, she's like, you're sweating in the bed, it's kind of uncomfortable. I, I was a bit embarrassed. It was like I had been doing sports in my sleep and I just completely soaked it. So Kelly takes his temperature and finds he has a slight fever. My fever might have been, you know, just under 100. It wasn't something to worry about. Rich takes some ibuprofen and goes back to sleep. Three days later, Rich's night sweats and abdominal pains haven't cleared up, so he visits a walk-in clinic. I was very clear with the doctor that I lived in West Africa. The number one danger when you're living in West Africa is malaria. He agreed fairly quickly to test for malaria. The results are negative. 
But the doctor has another suggestion. His initial thought was that I had gastritis. Gastritis is an inflammation of the lining of the stomach. Fortunately, it is easily treatable. This was an easy answer. So I, I said, okay, that's great. And he suggested antacids. Rich goes home and takes the antacids. Two days later, Rich is getting ready to do some yard work. The lawn was getting quite long. So I went out there and tried to mow the lawn. I got about halfway through the lawn when I started to feel sort of cold shakes. I was watching him, and he had beads of sweat around his mouth. That's when I knew something wasn't right. I felt woozy. I was hot and cold at the same time. That little voice in my head said he should be able to mow the lawn, but he came in and laid down. I started to get a little scared. Rich spends the rest of the day in bed. The following morning, Kelly takes Rich to the ER. I wanted to make sure that they'd seek out a diagnosis other than gastritis. I knew that wasn't correct. Doctors run multiple tests, but still have no idea what's causing the mysterious symptoms. Someone came in and said, you know, we think you probably got a virus. Just treat your fever with ibuprofen. But we weren't terribly satisfied with that response. I knew I needed to be strong because he was ill, and I did not want him to see me worry. Without a definitive diagnosis, Kelly takes Rich home. Two days later, Rich and Kelly reach an important milestone. It's their sixth anniversary. To celebrate, they have planned a romantic getaway on an island 10 miles off the coast of Maine. We started to go back and forth about should we cancel, should we not go. But I really didn't want to miss out on this. It would have been too big a sign that I was not well. And I didn't want to accept that. And we hadn't come across a doctor who was concerned about my condition, so we decided to go for it. Rich and Kelly take a ferry to the island and settle in at a local bed and breakfast. It was pretty picturesque. It was wonderful. But that night, things take a turn for the worse. My mind was just feverish, and my dreams were, were overcoming me. They were dark and, and twisted and horrible. I remember seeing the image of a face... It was just a face of evil, um, like a monster. Some terrible monster was trying to destroy me. He was slurring and moaning and shaking and shivering. Unable to leave the island until dawn, Kelly remains by Rich's side. I counted every minute until the morning light. It was a scary night. The next morning, Rich and Kelly catch the first ferry service back to the mainland and head to an urgent care clinic. There, doctors take blood samples and run more tests before sending them home. The next day, the results come back. The doctor said these blood results are catastrophic. Get him back to the emergency room immediately. I started to think that it was possible that I could, I could die. With no one to take care of the kids, Kelly must stay home while Rich heads to the hospital with a different family member. We hugged, and neither of us wanted to let go. And there were a lot of tears. 
And uh, a lot of I love yous. Sorry. We were always, you know, spending time making plans for the future, and all of a sudden everything was felt like it was getting cut short. So when I kissed her goodbye, it was an excruciating moment. At the hospital, Dr. Joel Bradley is part of the team that takes on Rich's case. He looked very sick and pale, sweaty, and just very uncomfortable. The medical team runs a CAT scan of Rich's abdomen, and they are astonished by what they find. Rich had a tennis ball-sized abscess in the middle of his liver. This is a really unusual finding. The liver is a vital organ that filters and detoxifies the blood coming from the digestive tract. The risk of an abscess of this size, and especially one that's enlarging, is that it can rupture. The doctors came into the room, and one of them said, Richard, you have a parasite. Rich had a type of parasite called Entamoeba histolytica. I'd never heard of this disease. I was freaked out. Entamoeba histolytica is a single-celled parasite. Inside Rich's body, the parasite feeds on the cells in his intestines, causing his fluctuating fevers, nausea, and abdominal pain. When the parasites eat their way through the lining of his intestines, they enter the bloodstream and make their way to his liver. There, they feed on the liver itself, turning the organ into a festering liquid mass. If Rich isn't treated, the parasite will kill him. We had a really serious diagnosis and we needed to start treatment immediately. Rich calls Kelly with the horrific news. And she's only got one question. Are you going to make it through the night? We were both crying. That was the scariest night of my life. Yeah. After malaria, Entamoeba histolytica is the deadliest parasite on the planet. An estimated 50 million people contract these parasites worldwide each year. And as many as 100,000 of them will die. These parasites are most deadly when they infect vital organs like the brain and the liver. Before Kelly can even reach the hospital, doctors rush Rich into surgery. Rich had a procedure done to have the fluid drained from his abscess. And as just a brown, liquefied mess. It's basically liver. It's liquefied liver. It's gross. For Kelly, the sight of Rich with a drainage bag stitched into his abdomen is quite a shock. The bag made my stomach turn when I looked at it. It was pretty funky looking. But how did Rich contract the Entamoeba histolytica parasite? The Entamoeba histolytica parasites exist as cysts in watery environments. When mammals consume contaminated water, the cysts enter the gut and the amoebas emerge. There, the parasites divide, and after several weeks, each one produces up to 45 million new cysts every day. The parasitic cysts are then passed back into the environment through the host's feces. Entamoeba histolytica exists all over the world in water contaminated by feces. In the U.S., it's even been known to occur in water parks. But it's most commonly found in tropical regions, including South America, Asia, 
in West Africa. Rich thinks he contracted the infection while working in Guinea-Bissau. There was a salad I had in Guinea-Bissau that was suspicious. The salad had clearly just been rinsed. Sometimes they use tap water. And uh, when that happens, it's pretty dangerous. Rich remains in the ICU on a powerful antiparasitic drug to rid him of the infection. Within days, he shows significant signs of improvement. It just felt like this load was removed from our shoulders. Everything was better. It really was a dream come true that they figured this out. A week later, Rich makes a full recovery and doctors send him home. Incredibly, he immediately returns to Africa for his next assignment. Today, Rich is a bureau chief of a news media company in Boston. I'm totally back to normal. I have no side effects or, or lingering effects from this. We have a lovely life. We're near family and near friends. And uh, yeah, things are really good. But the experience has changed their outlook. I think that this whole experience is a reminder that you never know what's going to happen. There is currently no vaccine for Entamoeba histolytica. When visiting regions with poor sanitation, travelers should be scrupulous about personal hygiene. Drink only purified or boiled water and avoid eating raw foods. Thoroughly washing fruits and vegetables in purified water before eating them can also reduce the risk of infection. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website animalplanet.com slash monsters inside me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.